Hi, everyone. We're doing a live podcast episode. So we are recording on here and also on Zoom. Hello. Hello. I got kind of started in the online space, like back in the network marketing mm-hmm. days in like 2012, 2013. I was finishing up college, starting to go into grad school and was looking for something else to do. So my master's is in um, higher mm-hmm. education. I worked with students in distress, was really mm-hmm. in student leadership development crisis response, all of that. And from there, I was uh, starting to build a wellness brand online and I was doing network marketing, kind of started to realize I could also do my own thing and was competing at the time as well. So I was doing fitness competitions and I just kept searching kind of fast, kind of fast forwarding through the years. I kept searching and running for the next strategy. I was like, it's gotta be the strategy. It's gotta be these ads. It's gotta be this funnel. It's gotta be my messaging. It's gotta, you know, like on and on and on and on and on. And, you know, this was kind of a theme throughout my life. I was always chasing the next thing, the next accomplishment, the next leadership position, the next thing that I had to do, because that's how I earned love. Like that's how I got, you know, attention and support and connection growing up was like, if I was perfect, if I had it all together, if I achieved everything. So that patterning started going into my business. And I was working with a mindset coach at the time, we were kind of doing like a trade for health and wellness and all of that. And, you know, she asked me how I had to earn love and what did that look like growing up? And from there, that kind of popped me open into the subconscious work, the somatic work, all the inner child trauma healing work. And I realized that in my business and in a lot of the people that I worked with, they were burning out or just kind of always in that go, go, go and must do all the things. One, because I didn't feel safe to actually slow down and be present and be Mm -hmm. with what's here. And for a lot of them, I was realizing that, you know, if I just continue to do more, if I continue to achieve more, I thought that that would like fill up something in me. And I, then I was like, wow, I never really feel full with, with all of this. Like I felt fulfilled, but it was like, I couldn't actually be with the goodness of what was here. I had to find the next thing and the next thing and the next thing over and over again. And I find that with so many like high achieving entrepreneurs is that, you know, we want, we have this big desire to build this big vision, but also that we're kind of caught in this, okay, burning out, chasing the next thing, going, 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 and not really able to soak in like the magic of what is already here and being Mm -hmm. with that um, because of fears or how we operated as children or unmet needs. Ooh, and that's so, so deep. And this actually kind of parlays into the work that you're doing now. And if you guys haven't seen her website, I mean, there are about like 15 different things that she specializes in, which is so, so powerful. And I think this parlays into the work that you do now with your clients. And I, you know, just even on your website, Reiki, breathwork, hypnotherapy, all these different modalities, which to me too, I've done all of them because it's also parlayed into burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really curious, like as you kind of transition into this space, right? Like what inspired you to incorporate all these different modalities within your work? Yeah. So, you know, I realized I was having a lot of like conscious breakthroughs and I think we kind of can even get a little bit of like a dopamine addiction hit to like, oh, a breakthrough, something came through, something came through. And that's great. It's great to have breakthroughs. We, we need that. But what I was really realizing was I was having all these conscious breakthroughs, but I'm still in a loop. Something else mm-hmm. would come back again 
I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> like, why is this circling in this pattern now popping up in this area of life? I thought I had a breakthrough around it. Shouldn't I be like good to go? And what I realized is that I needed not just the knowing of the information from like our conscious mind, but the actual mm-hmm. integration of it from the subconscious and the somatic. And so once I started, you know, understanding modalities that were more subconscious, like hypnotherapy and more modalities that were somatic, like breath work, somatic trauma, healing, attachment work. I was Mm. like, oh, this was the missing piece. I just didn't need the information. My ego and my mind wanted it, but my body was telling a different story than like the thoughts that I was thinking. So in a lot of the times I'd say in like the more spiritual mindset world, like, okay, just think positive affirmations, just do all these things. And I was like, okay, I'm doing all these things, but why am I still looping in this? And it's because until you process what's happening inside of the body and you actually really work through that on a somatic level, you're going to continue to loop in some of those because you're not getting where it where it gets stored um so as it you know relates to somatic healing like for those that are not familiar with it can you just give us like a quick breakdown of what that is and what how it kind of works within all the other modalities Yeah. So if you think of, um, you know, your, your body, so your body Mm -hmm. soma. So if you are processing something kind of like I was just saying more from the mind space, you're Mm kind of just like thinking your way out of it, but trauma is actually stored in your body and that's Mm -hmm. where it, it lives most of the time, because when you went through a traumatic experience or any like life event, big T trauma, little T trauma, you stuffed it down. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to stuff this down, stuff this down, stuff this down. And your body has what's called implicit memory. And so even if you don't consciously remember like, oh, this was a pattern that I ran as a child, your body remembers. So you can Mm -hmm. try to think your way out of it, but it's stored here. I mean, there's tons of um, research and study that shows that. And the beautiful thing about working with the body is that you don't need to consciously remember or relive anything to be able to process. It's more working with like, how is that showing up in the here? now. So if right now in the here and now, you know, I feel, you know, anxious, but it's not connecting anywhere in my mind, my body's telling me a story of that. So if I can process through that, I'm not still like either recreating those situations unconsciously to get that need met or processing or doing what I'm doing in that way. So it's really beautiful to be able to work through that. So then you can feel more presence. You can feel more full versus Mm -hmm. chasing everything from the mind. That is so powerful. And I just, you know, came back from a very transformative trip um, in Necker Island. And it was interesting because we did, you know, it was like deep breath work, but there was like just a lot of just releasing of things. And it was crazy. I didn't realize how much stuff I still was holding on to, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really when you like to what you said before, when you take it from your mind, like into your body too, and you can truly release it, it really is powerful. I mean, I was exhausted by the end of it too, because okay. there's just so much you're holding on to. And I'd love to kind of dive into also really like taking it from your mind to your body when you utilizing the tool of breath work. I found for myself, like breathwork has been one of the best ways, um, at least for me to kind of move through those feelings of anxiety and burnout. And I know for a lot of the people listening to our podcast, you know, 
type A or either ex corporate, you know, or go, go, go. And I think this is a game changer for a multitude of reasons. So as breathwork kind of works into the other modalities, I'm curious, like, how has this worked for you? How has this worked for clients? Yeah. I'd love to hear your perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think something to kind of start off with is like, you can't think your way out of how to feel better. And a lot of the times we report about how we're feeling. So if I was like, Hannah, how are, how are you feeling? And you're like, oh, I'm feeling good. Like, you know, this is happening. This is happening. We're re- more, more reporting like about the weather versus mm-hmm. being in the weather. It's like a metaphor one of my mentors gave to me. So if I'm actually in my body telling you and expressing from what I'm feeling, I can like, I can be with, let's say if there's sadness here, I can speak from the sadness. Like, oh, it feels hollow. It feels um, hard, whatever the case may be versus just reporting about our feelings, which is what most of us tend to do is report versus be with. Because there's that fear that if we're actually with it, like it's, it's painful. It doesn't feel great. And mm-hmm. you know, there's stories that come with that. And so that was kind of my big realization when I started doing breath work is that I was trying to think my way out of how to feel better. And I was almost trying to make healing work an achievement in itself. Cause I was like, mm. okay, well, if I can heal this like money piece of me, or if I can heal the way that this is showing up in business, then I'll be able to get what I want. And I was doing it from that place of, again, trying to make an achievement out of it, trying to make it something that I continue to to do or to earn my way through. And so breath work really got me out of here, this conscious like Mm -hmm. thinking, doing, always moving forward. And it actually dropped me into my heart space. And something that I kind of realized within that is um, there, I would recommend this book to anybody read it and read it over and over again. It's called the five personality patterns. It's based on the Reiki and energy types. And one of the types that I really realized like through learning breath work that I ran was a very self-reliant pattern. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really let people in or let people hold me. I could hold everybody. And I, I was like, I got you, I got you, I got you. But the moment that like, I really opened myself up to receive and like let somebody in, I'm like, oh no, I'm good. Like, I got this. I can take care of me. And through breath work, I realized I'm like, oh, it's my safety strategy to just be so self-reliant, to hold it all together. Because that's what I had to do most of my life is hold it all together for everybody else. And couldn't, like, I had the belief no one could meet me in my depth and could really be there because that presence was kind of misattuned in life. And I didn't get to experience, you know, pieces of that in the way that I needed that to be met. And so I realized a lot of my patterning through breath work. I realized a lot of the protectors that wouldn't even let me get into my own body. So we have these little things called protectors that are our safety strategies that keep us safe. So a lot of people have more of like a mental protector. Some people have like a chameleon protector where they kind of like merge into the situations. And these protectors are so important because they do keep us safe. They're literally our safety strategies our entire life. And their fear, they have a deep fear that if they stop doing that job, that we're going to die. Like that's kind of their like, but if I don't do this and I've always done it this way. And so with breath work, I got to really meet them. 
and like attune and meet the need of what that protector in me and that part of me was needing. So then I could actually get into my body and not just be doing breath work and still be up here in my mind, but actually lead Mm -hmm. then my business, everything for more of this heart and belly space versus trying to like will my way through. Mm -hmm. I love that you said that too, because for, for myself, even doing breath work for the last few years, it's always been like that. It's like, okay, I checked it off. I did it. It's done. But I think to what you said, you know, even when I went on this trip to Necker and just really taking it from here to like in that heart space too, that's where the transformation happens. And I'm curious, and even just hearing you talk about that too, it sounds like there's almost like this marrying of like what the external or what's in your head into this internal self. There's like this marrying and meeting of the minds. Would you say that's true? Yeah, cool. Because you do have to take both, you know, that top down and bottom mm-hmm. up approach in the work. So it's like everything is going to kind of mirror back and mm-hmm. forth. Like I, I give the example a lot with with money. For example, if you look in your external um, way that money's showing up or how your business is running or your launches, mm-hmm. whatever, 99.9% of the time, I can gear it back into something mm-hmm. that's working in the body or that you're feeling that way. And then it's kind of like a two-way mirror, if you will, because like what I'm feeling in here, I'm seeing out here. And what I'm seeing out here, I'm feeling in here. Deep, deeply can be unconscious and can be super, super subtle. So it's like, it can be like, oh, okay, well, no, I don't really feel that way from here, but your body's telling a different story. Ooh, there's like a lot of just awareness too with the body and the mind. I'm curious, like for yourself too, even as you know, you've grown this successful business. This is something I, I talk to clients a lot about. It's happening a lot in the industry right now of people wanting to burn their businesses down, transition, they're going through burnout. I'm curious, have you ever experienced burnout in your entrepreneurial journey before? Like, and how have you kind of worked through that process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, burnout's kind of like my life theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just experienced burnout growing up in multiple times in business and career and all of that. And, um, you know, I think when here's, here's the thing that I think was the hardest thing for me, uh, probably like 2000, let's say like 18, 2019, I could catch that I was starting to kind of feel some of that burnout again, very familiar with it, had been on an adrenal fatigue healing and I could catch it this time. And I was like, "Mm." Some, something I'm going, I'm going and I'm going and I'm going and something's not sitting well with me anymore. I love what I do, but I was kind of like launching after launching. Like I'd launch like six things in, in a month, like, you know, have all these different programs wow. and all these different things happening. And the thing was, it's like the income was great. And that's where a lot of high achievers, myself included, uh, kind of get like wrapped up into this going and earning and moving to the next income level because it's because our trauma response works like my flight response of working and working and working it got me to a really great place in my income it got me to a really great place in my business kind of like the like you know mind fuck if you will is that you can't keep operating that way mm-hmm. and that's what i realized and i had to have like you know, I'll come to Jesus moment with myself and say, Aaron, yes, you're growing, you're scaling, all of this is happening, but you can't even be present for 20 minutes without being over here or dissociating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this model isn't working for you just because it makes a lot of money doesn't mean it's working for your body. And so I had to go, okay, 
you know, what's working, what do I need to adjust here? And what's going to be like the most sustainable thing for me. And that meant I had to let go of some things that meant that I had to adjust some things around. And I did it in a way that was very like titrated. So I think where a lot of people, and this is kind of what we were talking about earlier, go to is like, I need to burn everything down and just scrap from start. And that might be the case for some people. However, you have probably a team to pay, bills to pay, things that have to happen. So titrate it. Maybe go, okay, you know what? I'm going to start to take out this thing and I can get behind that. Because for some of you, you're going to put yourself back into another trauma response if you just completely burn it down to try to rebuild versus really looking at it from both a strategic and from your body standpoint. So anytime that people are pivoting, I'm always telling them like, okay, let's do this in a way that's sustainable for you, that isn't going to throw you into survival because you scrapped all your income streams and now you're like, okay, I jumped and I did the thing and I'm rebuilding. I'm like, okay, let, let's like, yeah, just kind of find pieces, find safety within that. Because um, for some people too, burning it down and rebuilding it up is actually, like I was saying earlier, trauma response, but familiar because people like to then get out of there and then achieve their way back up. I did this unconsciously. That's why I can speak to it is I loved like almost going into a hole with money, with business, with things to like build myself back out and have this huge dopamine hit this huge high because it felt so good. I was like, ah, oh, I got myself out of that. I'm here. It feels so good to be back into this place. And then I didn't have the belief or the um, safety in keeping, holding, recreating it. So I kept making that happen over and over again. So there's a lot within kind of those pivots and those transitions and things to be mindful of when you're doing that. Mm, I feel like that's going to resonate with a lot of people who are listening to this right now. Um, because to what you said too, about, it's almost like that dopamine hit as well, even for myself as well. Like I noticed for myself too, and this is like, you know, past trauma response. Like when I get stressed out, my first reaction is, okay, what, you know, administrative little thing can I do just to like, take my mind off of what I'm doing. And in reality, that's just like pushing my body into burnout even more. Um, I mean, obviously I've came actually, this is marks a three-year point of going into burnout, going into the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I've been there before, but, um, I've experienced that and it's taken, it's taken three years to work through that three years of re un basically kind of untangling all these beliefs and thoughts and processes, um, that have kept me going into burnout so many times. So, you know, speaking of burnout, speaking of, you know, kind of transitioning your businesses, which again is something that's coming up a lot online. People are transitioning, whether they're going back to their corporate careers or they're building new businesses or they're transitioning their business models. And I think this really comes back to just like building a business that's authentic to you. Right. And like living your life unapologetically. I'm curious, like for you personally, and I, um, I'm going through this right now, but like what have been some of the ways you've been able to kind of like push through those fears and just like really live in your most authentic truth, even when you're fe fearful or even when you're going through like massive change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me is like presencing and being in the discomfort. 
<clears throat> because we want to get out of it when we're transitioning when we're you know fight like kind of realigning to something making some pivots it's not like it's not fun like yes there's excitement that can come with it but there's also a lot of fear and if you just try to like you know get on the other side of the fear or like kind of tuck it in the closet and be like oh yeah I'll deal with that once I get through this thing it's going to keep popping up in subtle ways and big ways however so for me me, whenever I'm like, okay, I'm leaning into this next place that I'm going, I'm going to be with the discomfort first. And I'm going to be with it from a lens of compassion and from a lens of agendaless presence. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we have an agenda on our healing journey. And when we're working through stuff, it's like, okay, I can work through this and I can be with this and I'll get through it because that's what I'm supposed to do. And then business will be fine and be better again. But your parts are so smart. They know when you have an agenda, when you're coming to them from that way. And so when you can meet them from like love and compassion and just be with the discomfort for a few moments or an hour or however long it takes, you will get the clarity or whatever it is that you need. It's just, we wanna run away from that often. And so this will help you get back into alignment because you're not avoiding things that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, again, we sweep underneath the rug. It's like at some point, you know, you know if you remember like, I remember when I was little, my mom would come in and be like, is your room clean? I'm like, yeah. But I just had shoved everything in the closet or like underneath the bed. I'm like, it's good. It's good. And then until she lifts up like the, the cover or whatever, same thing happens. And then it's going to come kind of haunt you a little bit later on in life if you don't just take the time to be with it. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of like my biggest thing is presencing it, being with the discomfort, not trying to get out of it or run through it or do any other strategy. Just take some time to bring presence and compassion with yourself because it is a lot to go through a transition. Mm, That's really, really powerful, especially, you know, what I hear also come up a lot with transitions um, is the relationship with money and the relationship with new investments. Like even for myself, like we're about to expand in a completely new way. We've kind of started this with the kind of diversifying all of our brands out. That was phase one. And now we have phase two and there are different types of investments involved in XYZ. So I'm curious if you have any like just like practical tips for someone who might be going through that, or maybe they're expanding into a new business model. They're really wanting to kind of shift the direction here. Any tips when it comes to like money mindset, anything along those lines? Yeah. So I highly recommend for everybody listening to this, I'm going to give some book recommendations, but read the book attached. Mm-hmm. Um, it's around attachment trauma. It's going to talk to you about the book, like the book's going to talk to you about it through the lens of relationships, but you can look at it through the lens of money. And so whenever we're making pivots, transitions, new investments, you know, investing in coaching or whatever, there's going to be your money stuff that comes up and you can do all of the money journaling mindset affirmation work in the world. And there's, it's helpful, but again, if your body's telling you a different story, then you're still going to feel that while you're trying to work through it and you're going to keep willing your way. So in attachment styles and attachment trauma, there's a few different types. There's our more anxious type and they kind of go into this like, oh gosh, it's going to leave. Is it going to stay? Oh no. Like kind of that can even like reach and be clingy, needy. Avoid it might be like, I'm just going to pull back and hope that all this works out and like maybe not look at things and just know that it's happening. 
there's also anxious avoidant where you kind of like swing a little bit both of like the clingy in and then the pulling back and then there's secure attachment so those things can pop up in um in your relationship with money so i recommend read the book through the lens of the relationship but apply it to money too and the biggest thing when you are shifting in with money with an attachment work and kind of noting that as well is there's something called developmental disappointment. And that's big, pretty much like the basis of attachment trauma. And what that means is, is that we don't want to get let down. We don't want to get disappointed. So we keep ourselves safe from not even maybe going for it, or we'll like kind of hold back or we'll tiptoe or we'll kind of dip ourselves in there because there's that fear of it, you know, hurting, and on the flip side of it, there's the fear of, okay, well, if I do do this thing and maybe you resonate more with you're like, oh yeah, I just go all in and I do it and that's good. Usually those people then kind of battle with like, will it stay? Will it recreate? Will I be able to keep it? Will it grow? So developmental disappointment kind of roots into for like kind of more, I'd say like industry where it's like the fear of success and the fear of disappointment. And that's something to be aware of within yourself is kind of how you navigate money from that bodily response and from that survival instincts um, when you are making these different transitions. So read that book and just know if you're kind of in this place where you're kind of feeling or fearing the disappointment or if you're also fearing being able to keep it, hold it, recreate it. Mm, I love that so much. I just wrote that down and I'm going to put that in the show notes too, because this was, this was gold. Um, even for myself too, I've noticed I was thinking about like my attachment with money and I struggled with it big time. Um, you know, grew up my mom, single mom, you know, was struggling. So it was kind of like, you hold on to everything that you can. Um, otherwise it's going to go away. And that was how I started my business. And that, those are where like the blocks started to happen. Um, but even as like, for example, even for us, like as our company has grown, those, um, thoughts have transitioned to, will this sustain, will this maintain the way it is as we're growing? So I think a lot of people can definitely resonate with, um, with that as well. And you were just incredible. Like you were like a wealth of knowledge. I'm like taking notes here as we're <laughs> chatting. So incredible. And I just appreciate you for just taking the time to share some of these tips because, you know, to what you said before, it's not just about the strategy. It's not just about like, here's the three steps to scale your company to seven figures, right? There's so much inner work that happens. And even for me, like I actually tried to like push that aside when I first started my business. I was like, oh, my mindset's good. We're fine. We're good. <laughs> Meanwhile, that was like the thing that had to happen. So, um, I'm just curious for those that are listening in that want to consume more of you and just all of your incredible goodness, like what's coming up for the brand? Like, how can we work with you? How can we connect with you? Yeah. Um, so right now we are enrolling for our certification. So a lot of the hypnosis, EFT, those things that I alluded to, we train you to become certified in those. So it's not just about getting the certifications. You also get to go through the healing process as well, which is great. Um, so we have that big belief of like you go first in your healing journey and you can only take your clients as deep as you're willing to take yourself. Mm. And so that you get certified 
internationally board certified in a bunch of different modalities, a lot of beautiful support. Um, so that's coming up. And then I also just recently did a training on attachment styles and money. It's a free training. Um, you can find it on my Instagram. It's at Erin Nicole Coaching. And that might be helpful for some of you that were feeling into some of the money stuff as well. Amazing. Amazing. You have to check all of her workout, by the way, your hypnosis that you have, my husband's like, what are you watching? I watch <laughs> it like every night. It is so good. Thank you so much for just being Thank here, you. sharing your knowledge and just being so open and vulnerable. I just appreciate you so much. Thank you.